Hey, Chris. What do you think the effect that fitness has on your life? Fitness has on my life. There's so many as there's so many ways we can dive into this. I think there's different aspects of your life that fitness contributes to. You've got things like your confidence, um, which is a massive contributor. Just your mental clarity, um, that's a massive factor. I think the impact that fitness has on my life is one of the biggest impacts anything in my life has. And I think the reason for that is there's the confidence piece. Let's, let's touch on that firstly. Being in good shape gives you confidence. When you look in the mirror, you're proud of how you look. And confidence gets you, a very, gets you very far because when you're confident, people can see it. Your um, first impressions are a, a good one a lot of the time. Um, people take you seriously when you've got a good body as well because they know that that good body didn't just appear there. It came with a lot of hard work, determination, so they know you've got characteristics like that. So I think fitness is so important on that side of things. But then also having the, the clarity that you need mentally. I feel like the impact that training on a regular basis has on my mental state is extremely huge. It's, it's massive. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, fitness is, is everything for me. And I think it's had such a big impact on not necessarily, like obviously the way I look, but, and this was something we even touched in, touched on the last episode. And we were talking about how having something consistent to stick with is like so, it, it can have such a big impact because you build up this tolerance for consistency and this tolerance for not giving into the short term. I guess, gratifications that, that are available to you. So I'd say like a big one is definitely like fitness has helped me not only like look better, but it's also helped me like be able to stick with one thing and, and especially something that's tough. So I'd say, yeah, as a whole, fitness has, has had a huge impact. I, yeah, it's interesting because you can think of fitness in a couple of ways. Often people will think like, yeah, fitness is something that, that makes you look better. Maybe it makes you feel a little bit better, but it also helps you, like, it teaches so many important lessons, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think it teaches delayed gratification as well, right? You're not going to go to the gym for a week straight and look in the mirror and look different. You might think so, but you probably look the exact same as you did. And so it does teach you delayed gratification, knowing that you're putting in the work day in, day out without getting any results. And then you fast forward a couple of months time or six months time or 12 months time. And then you look in the mirror and go, wow, I'm a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the skill of delayed gratification, knowing that, knowing that once you get over those hurdles of the nothing, getting nothing back every single day in terms of physically how you look, and then you look back on that time and go, wow, that, that actually did transform my life. It teaches you that delayed gratification because then when something else comes up where you're not getting anything in the short term, you can really scope out and just zoom out and look at it from a bird's eye view and go, okay, I know that if I stick at this, there's going to be a reward at the other side. So I think that's a massive, massive trait that, that you learn through dedicating yourself to a sport, keeping healthy, keeping fit, whether that be running or training in the gym or whatever style of training there's so many different styles right even i've tried something new recently with my mate jake and he's given me programs that um are a completely different style than i've ever trained 
but it's cool because I've built up that baseline of my capability in the gym and stuff. I'm being able to adapt to that. And so without doing that years and years and end of training, I wouldn't have been able to adapt the way I have um, and try something new as well. Exactly. I want to digress a little bit, obviously stay on the topic of fitness, but what's an optimal diet to you? Because diets are different for everyone, but like walk us through what you eat. Yeah, well, it's definitely changed in times. We're also drinking the shines right now. Shout out to you guys. We yeah. absolutely love them. Watermelon um, mint. Watermelon mint today we have on yeah. the menu. But, but yeah, w- what I eat, my diet is I eat the same thing every single day. <laughs> and I just have, and, it's, and I speak to Jake and you about this all the time my best, and like everyone. So why would I get, like I just don't get sick of it because it's so nutritious, it's so amazing. Like, it's good for me and it tastes good. Like, that's why I eat it every day. So, yeah, I eat, I eat eggs and, and rissoles and so beef and eggs and sauerkraut and stuff for breakfast. And then I'll have yogurt, like a yogurt, Greek yogurt bowl um, with some, like, raw honey and fruit and stuff for, like, an afternoon tea. And then I'll have dinner, which would be, like, a steak and some rice and some avocado mm. and cheese and stuff like that. So, and I eat it every day and I just find it works the best for me and I absolute love it it's it's quick and easy a lot of the time to make and it's nutritious um i've been through phases i've ate so much different stuff i mean i've always had to cook for myself from quite a young age so i've learned how to be resourceful with what i do have in the in the kitchen and so yeah I've, i used to eat so many different things right but um but yeah now i sort of stick to that you're, you're pretty similar as well would you say <laughs> yeah we almost eat the exact same at this point. minus the yoga bowl yeah exactly i'm not a big fan of yogurt um i know the reason why you eat such a protein high diet especially in the morning but for people that eat say a lot of carbs in the morning because that's that's the norm for most people mm. what's your justification to not eat carbs early in the day it's interesting because i've played around with so many different things and I found that when I eliminated the carbs in the morning, I would be a lot more clearer. It wouldn't like cr- give me any crash or spikes or anything. I would have much more of a smoother energy. But then when I was speaking to, to my friend Jake about it, he was saying that there's studies that show it's not about the carbs or the, the macronutrients. It's about the amount of calories and the amount of food you're eating that will make you lethargic, which is a really interesting topic. But... I found that when I started eliminating things like bread from my eggs in the morning and I started eliminating all the carbs within the morning, I found a way smoother energy and just had really high fat, high protein, avocado, eggs, beef um, and and cheese and stuff. And it was just, I found it was, <clears throat> yeah, it was really, really good for my energy throughout the day. And then, and then I'll have the yogurt bowl, which will have a lot of carbs in the afternoon. Mm. Yeah. yeah, just worked for me, dude. I've tried so many different things. What? Do you, how do you go in terms of, did you used to eat bread or? <laughs> I went through a funny phase when I was trying to put on some weight just to build more muscle. And I was, I was doing about two cups of rice with, I was doing close to five to six eggs and this was every morning. So two cups of cooked rice, that is, not, not yeah. uncooked. Two cups of cooked, uncooked would be hectic. But <laughs> <laughs> I was doing two, two cups of cooked rice yeah. and eggs in the morning. Yeah, I... How'd that make you feel? Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that it was the carbs that was giving me a crash. But I also, I had this understanding that like, because I was running a lot at the time as well, plus doing a lot of weight training too. So 
my justification for it was I need to be eating like tons and tons of carbs and I thought the morning was a great time to do it but then I I'd spoken to a few different people and they said how do you do that like I'd feel so lethargic throughout the day if I ate that many carbs that early and I was I, I started connecting the dots and I was like wow every time after I eat breakfast which is normally a little bit later in the day I always have a massive crash Mm. and I thought wow maybe it's a carb so I started cutting back on on the rice early and I just now I just do eggs so I do six eggs a day and then I do normally some kimchi on the side of that so no carbs and yeah avo and avo yeah Yeah. avo actually I forgot about that yeah and it's made such a huge difference in my energy levels plus I'm getting the right protein and fats in um Mm. It's so much better in terms of like keeping a smooth um, sort of, yeah, energy level throughout the day. Yeah. I think not a big crash. Yeah, I, I think it, I, I agree. And, and it just work, it works, it works so well for me. So I wanted to, yeah, I'm just going to keep, like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And it's not broken right now. It's actually so amazing. I don't eat it's very early. I, I still eat like five hours after I get up. Um, and so I still eat, eat, like I still do a bit of a mini fast during in the mornings because um, I used to do a lot of intermittent fasting. I went through a phase of that too. And so I guess just try, I've tried a lot of different things and that's what's worked for me at the moment. But also like if there's no problem, and this is one of my mentors, um, Adam was talking about how he um, has coffee first thing in the morning as soon as he wakes up. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, um, I've read a lot of things and I've found it worked really well for me if I wait at least 90 minutes before I have coffee in the morning. And he's like, yeah, like, that's interesting. I'll try it. And like, he's trying it, but it didn't affect him too much. He says, I don't have crashes, which is interesting. And so that's another little thing that I do. I just, mm. I don't eat, have coffee first thing. If anything, I wait a few hours um, because I just find it works. I find I don't get a crash like early afternoon and it just gives me that little bit of a yeah I just find it's it's way more rewarding and it feels really good to have it a little bit later mm. um obviously not too late but I'll have have some caffeine mm. uh like nine to eight, eight nine o'clock or whatever after I've been up for a few hours and trained at the gym and, and done all of that but um yeah you don't even have caffeine do no. you I mean this shine I mean probably shine the first. and that's one of the reasons I I'm feel like I'm jumping off the walls right now to be honest because I don't drink caffeine, so I have such a low tolerance. This is the first bit of caffeine you've had in... Probably... You had a, a green good, tea. I had a green tea. Yeah. So, but like apart from that, I hardly... I don't Mate, your eyes coffee. are just... Your eyes know, are glowing. Bro, I'm beaming. <laughs> you can, can't you see it? So... Um, bit of a shine. Shout out to shine. But yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a cool little bit of a stable energy though. It is, for sure. And while we're on that, so Adam, you were talking about how he doesn't get a crash from coffee. And that's a super interesting thing about diets. Like it, it's whatever's best for you. And we see that so much. There's no like op- cookie cutter approach. Exactly. To it, yeah. There's not an optimal diet for everyone. And it also, I think comes down to your heritage as well. So like you and I both obviously come from quite different areas of the world um, originally. So I think like for anyone that that is trying to work out what their optimal diet is, try and work out what your base roots are, like where your, where your heritage comes from and then see what they used to eat a long mm. time ago. And that's normally what, what's going to be best for you. Um, that's just like a little exercise that you can do, but yeah, it's just interesting. Like some people just, I even know people that can drink coffee at like 10 o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night and 
go to it sleep. doesn't do anything to them. Yeah. It's so interesting. It's almost like they build up a tolerance to it. Yeah, exactly. What do you think, uh, if we tie back down to like the, having a good steady diet, training well, looking after your body as a whole, as, as I said in the last podcast about uh, that table analogy and the table being you and, and like you're the table and everything else is the, the plates on the top of the table relationships, romantic, business, career, and the health and you is the table, right? And so what are your thoughts at the impact that being healthy physically, mentally, and doing everything you can to optimize that, what do you reckon that has an impact on in terms of making money and generating wealth Mm. in your life? Yeah. Well, the way it starts out is health affects your energy levels. And if you have shit energy levels, you're not going to work as hard. Plus, you're not going to feel like working as hard. Mm. So I think it's so important. And if we also consider energy levels, we also need to think about like how long you want to live for. If you're not healthy in your younger years and you remain on that path, you're not going to have the longevity that you want. Mm. And if you're wanting to like make a proper impact and you're wanting to, to become wealthy, I think, yeah, your health, <laughs> the cliche goes, your health is your wealth. So... Mm. Um, I think just living yeah. living beyond your years and, and how important being healthy is because you can have all the time in the world, but if it's not healthy time, then the time's pointless. And so, yeah, it always comes down to the core. Like health is, is I don't think you can, I think there has to be zero compromise for your health. I don't think you can sacrifice your health in the pursuit of success. I think it's got to it's gotta go alongside it. I think you have to be able to not let that, let it slack off and have it as a priority, even if it's not like a the number, even if it's like a you can keep it at a maintenance level. You're not trying to optimize it as much as you can, but you can at least maintain it. It's like the thing about like the the morning routine and the meditation and. And all these other little one percenters that all the people nap on about, about, yeah, you need to do this, 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 this. That's not going to move the needle in your life. Like the action is going to move the needle. Making sure you're climbing the right ladder and you're doing the right things and taking the action and the the steps necessary required to get there. That's what's going to move the needle to get you there. Now, the whole thing around doing all these other things like a morning routine and, and eating good foods and ice baths and cold therapy and all the rest of it, these are supposed to hopefully allow the action to be easier. And I think that's what it's for. It's a massive misconception where people say you need to do all this because all the successful people do this. If you break down like why are they doing it? Because even like Alex Hormozzi talks about, he's like, I don't get why these people have three-hour morning routines when I could just work for three hours and get and earn way more money than you're doing in your morning routine. And it's an interesting concept, but it, it's like, other is the morning routine allowing the rest of the hours of the day to be more efficient and more productive? If so, then great, the morning routine's worth it. Yeah, and I think it is often, though, a hindrance for a lot of people. I think it is a method to procrastinate, but that doesn't mean that you should still have your little rituals. I don't think that means you should not have some sort of balance in terms of a morning ritual and, and like these healthy rituals, but you do need to like, if while we're on the topic of, of whether your health affects your wealth, I think you should also not lean too far to one side and obviously focus on your health. Your health is so important, 
but don't like go to the point where you, you're just so focused on your health that you don't take any action and you're not actually building your wealth. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's super important to yeah. bear in mind. Yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts on like the different training types? You've gone through a few phases of different styles. You're running for a bit. You um, just training at the gym. Like, do you feel like exercise as a whole is the thing that's required and it gives you that release and it makes you feel really good? So it doesn't really matter what you're doing as long as you're sweating. Or do you think there's other ones? And if enjoyment, um, if you're enjoying it more, it's going to be more effective. Like, what are your thoughts on the different training types? Hmm. It's interesting because, like you said, I have gone through quite a few different phases and I was running for quite a bit there. So I was doing a lot of running, training for a marathon. And then I realized I didn't really enjoy running anymore. Mm. So I stopped that. And then now I've just been been going to gym. But my my whole gym routine now isn't necessarily like super heavy weights. I just do a lot of reps of, of lighter weight. And my justification for it is just to get toned and then just to tear as much muscle muscle as possible. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've actually been rethinking whether it's the right technique that I'm that I'm using to actually build muscle because I've noticed I haven't been building as much muscle as I'd like. So it's something I, I do want to change. And um, yeah, there's a program that you're on now that I'm thinking of, of changing over to from... From, um, giving it a go yeah exactly. yeah it's a completely different style of training i'm um <clears throat> i'm loving it at the moment i mean it's pretty hectic in terms of the stretching and the mobility aspect of it but i do think it's it's definitely better for my body and that's something that i want to yeah be be young as i get older mm. and i really like the style of what um shout out to Alaster boy jake um go check him out he's got the most amazing programs and he's absolutely killing it so his stuff um is so good and so yeah that's what i'm following at the moment and hopefully it um it all it all pays off for me mm. i think i think it's good i've tried so many different things but the progression into this one which is like i'm doing six days of training as opposed to my usual three and i would normally do three just lift really heavy and i found i got my best physique from that but now this is a bit more like better it's a bit more stability and mm. mobility and like getting yeah getting everything else around the main muscles working mm. it's more holistic and being more flexible and, and that which i i really like yeah exactly do you think there's a big difference with working out outside to, to inside do you think that there's something that you gain from working outside working out outside um i thought put too much thought about it mm. when the sun's out and you're running or something in the sun i love getting the rig out and getting the shirt off <laughs> and um and and running and even just on a walk today i love just getting the getting the sun in getting some vitamin d which is really good but at the same time like I haven't mm. thought about that too much. I kind of like to get get in the gym, get a sweat going, and then go for a swim, and, and that's my bit, little bit of therapy, which is good. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I used to I used to work out outside a lot um, when Bondi. I was at the calisthenic park. Yeah, I used to, and and it was amazing. I think if you have the chance to work out, like do it outside. If you if you have the chance to work out outside, definitely do it. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that it should stop you from going to the gym though. Mm. But yeah, I think that's super important. It just kind of clears your mind as well. I've noticed when you're outside, I just haven't. And especially when the sun's out too, you're not, I don't know. You just, it's kind of like stress-free. It's nice. I want to tie it down to, um, to go back to confidence 
Um, more specifically, what do you think the impact of having a good body on the good body? Um, how, do, how do you reckon that that ties in with getting women? And mm. do you think it gives you more confidence? Like, do you think the women are attracted to it? Um, or are they attracted to the traits that it has alongside it? Like, what do you think, what do you think having a good physique and body plays a role in, in getting women? Mm. Well, I think subconsciously, it definitely, it shows a lot of things. Because, I mean, if someone is to have a good physique, they're not just looking at the physique and thinking, wow, they look good. They're also subconsciously thinking, wow, imagine all the work that they've put in to get that body. And what that then indicates is that if they've done that much work in that aspect of their life, they have a few different things. They have a level of delayed, being able to, to handle delayed gratification. They're also able to work at something until they achieve a goal, which is essentially delayed gratification again. So yeah, it, it indicates a lot of things. And I think that definitely does come across to women as attractive. Um, but then on top of that too, I think it's, it's, it's a human imperative to, to look at someone that's healthy. I mean, like a woman to like the opposite sex, like to look at that and be like, wow, that's attractive. And the reason why is because if someone's strong and they're fit, it means that they can essentially look after the family, they can protect the tribe. Mm. So that's one of the reasons that, that I think humans, we're wired to think, wow, that person's fit. Yeah. They, like I'm attracted to that body. And why do you think, um, why do you think there is value in having a good, why, why is having a six pack got value? <laughs> it's, it's due to, it's because if everyone had a six pack, it wouldn't be valuable. So the fact that you have a six pack, it means that you've done things that are different to everyone else. Hence it's valuable. Yeah. So, well, it's more scarce. So mm. you've got things that are hard to get are typically rarer to find because less people are willing to put in the work to achieve that thing. Now, because that is the case, a six pack becomes more scarce. There's not an abundance of them around, right? So that then when you have a six pack, a lot of the time, or a good body, whatever it looks like, they then look at that and go, okay, that's a rarity, which means it's got higher significance and higher value. Mm. So then that's a high value thing. Take money, for example. You've got a bunch of money. That, like, that doesn't come by as, as easily. So that um, people are like, wow, that's cool. I can't get that with every dude I'm with. So that's a, a piece. It also, money is another whole conversation itself because that, it, it's the lifestyle that that money unlocks that the women are attracted to as well and the ability of what their life's going to be able to, how that's going to change their life too. It's not just the looks, right? But I think... Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting topic to tie in because when I said at the start of this podcast about like subconsciously they look at a, they look at a, a guy with a good body and they go, okay, he's determined, he's hardworking, he's been through some hard times um, to get that body. He hasn't just snapped his fingers. Whereas if you look at someone that's overweight, like that, got, that person is lazy. And as soon as someone sees them, no matter how funny they are, no matter how wealthy they are, they're probably, it's either their health is not a priority, which isn't an attractive thing in my eyes, or they're lazy and they don't want to, they don't want to get in good body. They don't want to get in good shape. I just think I get a bit worked up about this and I'm very careful with what I say because I don't want to disrespect people. But 
in my opinion, it's disrespecting the opportunity that you have a lot of the time. I, I, I think it's putting myself in someone's shoes that doesn't have the ability to train every day, that doesn't have the ability to be in good shape. They've got a, a physical problem that is restricting them from doing it. They live in a country where they can't even, like they don't have access to a gym. They can't even leave the house because it's unsafe. Like all these people that would kill to do what you constantly complain about doing. And I think it's slightly disrespecting, you're, it's disrespecting those people if you have the opportunity and you're not optimizing the life that you have. Um, I, think it's, I think it's really, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's mm. a massive thing for me, I, I believe. And mm. that's why I think that looking after your body goes way beyond you. It's, it's setting the standard. It's showing that you appreciate this life that you're in mm. and you're giving, you're giving it a red hot crack. Exactly. And we've covered a lot of the external factors that, that comes from having a healthy body or, or a good, good body and a healthy physique. Mm. But let's digress a little bit and let's think more internally. What, do you, what impact do you think it has on your mindset, being healthy and fit? Mm. I think it clears when you're training regularly and you're sweating and, and it, it's releasing something in you that just fires you up and it gives you this clarity. And do you ever notice if you don't do the training and whatnot and you just feel clogged up and you, you're, you've got these clouds that are clogging up your vision? I feel like it, it does a lot for you when you're doing it like that. But when you think about what it does to your mindset and in turn, it, it gives you this little bit more of a I'm unstoppable. Because you've been through some times, you look in the mirror and you go, I'm, look, I'm happy with how I look. I'm proud of this. And it gives you that confidence that you need, the self-confidence and self-love that you need to be able to um, make a good impression. So then you have more confidence when you're in front of people. So the, the, the inner dialogue that's playing on in your mind is more positive than negative. I think that's really important. But then I also just think overall your mindset and like callousing your mind as Goggins would say is like the more like hard you're putting yourself through by training and and vigorous training, you're becoming more stronger um, mentally, which means that like when you callous your mind it's a lot harder to break, be broken. And and then the harder it's be broken, the more severe something has to happen for you to be hurt. Then you can just be a strong, strong human. Mm. and you think that has a big correlation with your wealth would you say having that mindset because you have to go through hard times and being in good shape required you to go in through hard times and it's basically just getting the reps in the more hard times you go through the stronger it's like your mind is is a muscle just like when you do a bicep curl and you're curling the weight the more you're doing this the stronger your biceps coming it's the same with your mind. The more you're strengthening your mind, the stronger it becomes. The stronger your mind becomes, the, the easier the hard times get. And so when you look at people that have gone through extreme hardship, lost people in their family, that their, their loved ones, or they've gone through really hard business times that have, that have failed and not gone to plan, you know, maybe they've run out of money and they don't know how they're paying rent on Monday and they've got to figure out how they're going to do it. All these hard times is just strengthening that mind. It's callousing it. And so I think it it plays a massive role when it comes to making money because making the money a lot of times isn't easy 
and you need to go through these hard times and you need to be able to be thrown onto the ground and be able to get straight back up. Having a strong mind allows you to do that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I'd say making a lot of money, it's definitely not easy, but it becomes easier when you realize that failing is inevitable. And what I mean by that is not getting, not having too high expectations that if I am to fail, like to not tie that to your, to your own worth. Because if you realize, wow, okay, so failing is a part of the journey. This is something that's inevitable for me to reach success. Every time you fail, you're like, okay, this is just a part of the, this is what I need to do to, to get to the top. Like this is what I need to do mm. on my journey. And I think, yeah, tying it back to fitness by you putting yourself through grueling like pain each day. That's essentially what you're doing. You're tearing your body apart so that you can grow it back up. And, and that's what building muscle is. That's what becoming fit mm. is. You're putting your body through all of this strain so that you can eventually become stronger, stronger as a part of it. And I think, yeah, that just ties so well into to what your life's going to be like if you pursue something like a business or any sort of mission you have. Yeah, let's strip it right back. Say we have someone and they're listening to this right now and like, yeah, that's cool, but you've been doing it for years. I want to get started. Would you recommend that they throw themselves in the deep end and say, okay, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to start training every single day from now? Do you think that's smart or would you say a different approach? Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah, so start, like get a gym membership firstly. Go to your local gym and just go on YouTube, look up what are the 10 best exercises that I can do. Like, I don't know, maybe your mission is to build muscle, you want to lose fat. Look up what's the best 10 exercises I can do to, to lose fat or muscle or, or to gain muscle and just start there. Think, think to yourself, okay, I'm going to do one day a week and do that until you've done it maybe two weeks in a row. Next week, say, I'm going to do two, two days this week and just continually build yourself up. I think when you're starting out in the gym, anything's going to work. Like literally mm. you could do anything and it's going, to, it's going to get you some results. Getting the heart rate up, getting the muscles working, it's going to get some results. But I think stripping it back even further, one of my favorite books, Atomic Habits, is talking about creating as little friction between yourself and the task and implementing little things into your daily routine and how those little things compound into life-changing things and even just like okay i'm going to commit to a 10-minute walk every day once you're out there like you're going to do more than 10 minutes but you're only committing to 10 minutes so maybe you say i'm going to make sure that my clothes my my shoes and my socks and my workout clothes are already ready at the at the end of my bed and I'm going to commit to 10 minutes a day. So then when it gets tough, I go, okay, I only need to commit to 10. Once you're out walking, you might do 20 or 30, but you've only committed to 10. So you've created a little friction between the goal, which is doing the walk, and you. So the clothes are already out. They're ready to go. All you need to do is chuck your socks and shoes on. Um, and you've only committed to 10 minutes. That is an actionable thing that you can do. And you can say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to commit to 10 minutes every day. Mm which is like 0.1% of your whole day. I'm going to commit to 10 minutes. That's it. And, um, and then once you do that, then you go, okay, I'm doing this pretty consistently. Am I up to 20 minutes? 20 minutes. I'm going to try and just get to the gym. All I need to do is just get to the gym. And 
do, and I'll figure it out once I'm there, but I'm just going to do four days a week. I'm just going to try and get to the gym. That's it. Mm. So you're doing creating as little friction as you possibly can between yourself and the task. And I think that is the best tip I can give for anyone because if you throw yourself in the deep end, it's not sustainable. You're going to get past one week or two weeks. This is why New Year's resolution, resolutions are the most bullshit thing and why gym memberships go through the roof and then they also get cancelled really quickly because no one ends up going in February and March. Because they decide that they want to turn their whole life on a 180 and they're like, A, then body's not used to it. So they might go every day for a week and then they get really sore. And they go, oh, I can't even walk. I'm, so, I'm in pain. I might just have a week off. Oh, I'm just going to have a day off. And that day off turns into two and three and four days. And then all of a sudden, they're back to the same routine. And so I think being able to commit to as little as possible, yet an impact make an impact, is the best advice I could possibly give. Mm, 100%. And I think creating those healthy habits is so important. And then on top of that too, there's this quote I love by Alex Samozzi. And it's the difference between you and someone that's super successful is that the people that are super successful have been able to re- reward themselves better. They don't have a better, they don't have more, say, willpower than you. They've just worked out how to reward themselves in a better way than you. And a reward can be as small as saying, okay, if I go to gym today, I'm going to have, I don't know, not something that's going to cancel out the whole gym. And what I mean by that is not something that's going to give you so many calories that you end up putting all of those calories back on that you lost in the Mm. gym. I more mean doing something that's small, like, I don't know, buying a, a little chocolate milk or something after or, or doing something that, that so you, get you know. shake at the end of the gym. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. It can be even you, you do a hard day at work. You, I don't know, maybe go to the beach at the end of the day. And what you're doing is you're rewarding the things that are actually good for you rather than, I don't know, maybe you have a, a day of super unproductive work what most people's default will be like, okay, I've had a really shit day of work. Like I haven't got much stuff done on my business, but I'm still going to go to the beach. Like I'm going to reward myself for that. And then subconsciously in your mind, you think, wow. Okay. So yesterday I did a really shit day of work. I didn't do much on my business, which is what I really wanted to do, but I still got rewarded. So now your mind's going to think, okay, fuck. Like I don't need to work that hard my body's like, I'm going to get rewarded either way. And that's one of the main reasons you don't want to do the work because you haven't realized that there's rewards that are linked to the work that you're going to do. So finding these small little rewards is like super important when you're on your mission to to create something super big in the, in the macro. So if you can just think of these tiny little micro things that you can be doing, these little micro rewards each day or even each week makes such a big difference. You don't need to rely on willpower. You need to rely on your habits and then these small rewards that you can make for yourself. Mm, I love that. I love that, definitely. What's your morning routine? Mm. What do you do? I get up and I do 15 minutes of meditation every morning. And I used to do a guided meditation, which was just like, I forget what it was called now, but it was just some YouTube meditation. It was just like, a 10 minute guided meditation. I used to do that. And then now I just do an unguided. So I just sit there for 15 minutes, set my alarm for 15 so that I don't fall back to sleep because that can sometimes happen. And then after that, I do five minutes of visualization and then I just go straight to gym and then I'll do gym for an hour and then just get straight into work. So I'll start work at about 8.30 every morning. And yeah, that's me. 
and then yeah. I'll eat at about clo- 11 to 12 normally after I have all my meetings and do all of my work in the morning. It's so funny how repetitive our days are. Like when you actually reflect on it, we do the same thing like every day. Mine's obviously a little bit of a different schedule than yours, but we do like the same. We, we like ourselves do, we do the same thing ourselves every single day, literally. Like we, it's like it's Groundhog's Day. We're doing it. We wake up and this is the same day again. We're doing the same day. And you know that there's actually a thing called um, Groundhog's Day disease and it's something along those lines. And basically what happens is when you're doing the same thing every single day, your body gets so used to it. Like you go to the same shops, you go to the same gym, you do the same work, you sit in the same desk, you eat the same food, you're cooking, everything's the same, right? And that's like what they call Groundhog Day. You wake up the next day and you start again, you start again. What happens is your body requires less cognitive function to operate throughout the day. And so... Apparently, there's a, there's a massive contributor to your happiness is getting to the end of the day and feeling like you've done stuff and you, feel, and you feel like you've achieved a lot. And a lot of time what can happen is because it's so subconscious, like your whole day, you know how to do everything. Your brain's not requiring as much cognitive function to get through the day. It can actually get hard for you to feel like feel content at the end of the day. And I forgot the guy's name, but um, he's like a happiness expert. He was talking about the importance of trying different things and how traveling can literally change your life because you're experiencing different stuff. And just even doing the smallest things like trying out, this is not something we do, but trying out a new gym um, or going to a new grocery store and doing different things like this, which is requiring that little bit more function in your mm. brain. So then when you get to the end of the day, you go, oh, I actually did a lot today. It was really, it was really good. Mm. It's an interesting topic because what are your thoughts on it? Because I'm thinking in my head a couple of things. I'm going, but I like the fact that I can get things done really quickly because I, I know how to do it. Mm. So then I can be more efficient on the other side. But then the other side of things, it's like, is it better for my brain to be able to be thinking more throughout mm. the day? Is there more longevity in that? It's super interesting and you kind of wonder when you hear things like that, whether that just applies to the people that are like, I don't know, doing the normal like nine to five, whether like breaking out of that is going to have a bigger impact on them rather than someone that's like hustling so hard on their business. But it probably is very similar. Like we still do probably have those groundhog um, type Mm. feelings or days that end up repeating themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't put much thought into it. I, while you were saying that, though, because this is, I think that's the first time I'd ever heard that. And it made me think about the notion that it takes about 60 to 66 days to form a habit. And I wonder whether, though, that's the time that it takes you to cognitive, be, like, like to cognitive. Cognitively. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like to, to have it subconsciously so that, you, like, the actions that you're doing on a day to day basis don't require a, an immense amount of work or energy towards it. So I wonder if that time is like, is like a contributing factor towards getting in that groundhog kind of stage. Yeah, well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe for someone in the nine to five, it's, it is more of a game changer for them to because they can feel maybe a little bit more worthless if they're just doing the same thing and they're not really 
progressing. It's not like their career is progressing either. So they're just doing the same mundane tasks on a day to day, but maybe because we're doing different stuff that's helping us, getting us one step closer to our goals, we actually feel, yeah, we feel, feel better about ourselves at the end of the day, maybe. I'm mm. not, I'm not too sure. It is an interesting topic though. Super interesting. Yeah. I mean, while we're on that and we're talking about feeling like you're in the mundane and you're doing the same thing every day, I have noticed and this is quite recent because I mean, like, honestly, my, my business has been taking off, like in terms of the time that, that I've been sort of all like the, the results that I've been getting at least. And I still find myself and I need to catch myself on this. I still find myself not being content with the amount of work I'm doing, even though some days or like almost most days I'll be doing like 10 to 12 hours of work. And I'll still feel not content with the amount of work I've done. So I think I wonder whether that is a contributor to it, that groundhog um, notion of, of doing the same thing each yeah, day. Yeah, maybe. But it's also just you're not where you want to be in your life just yet. And mm. so you keep you keep like, I oh, want more, more, more. Mm. And so I, I don't think it's a, like if we were content now, there would be... I don't think we'd have the drive we want. So I don't think it's I don't think it's a negative for, for sure. But um, yeah, I, I think it's just something to be conscious of because if we are, when we do get to a stage where we're really happy with where we're at career-wise um, and we, yeah, we're, we're just stoked with, with everything that's happening, which is not like we're not right now, but we're still not where we want to be. Mm. Maybe that's just something to be conscious of because if we catch ourselves then not being like, not feeling like we have enough and we're just feeling a bit like the days are going by. That's the main thing I think is like when you just feel like the days is going by and by and by and you're not really getting much out of it. That's when you need to sort of check in and be like, okay, what am I actually doing and break it down to its, its core and what it actually is, what's happening. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, mm. yeah, it, yeah. This is a little bit of a different one, but I've, I've read this a couple times and it's the notion that humans are made to, not made to work, but like our human imperative is to work and to have some sort of purpose. And we notice this when we are to retire. Often after we, like a, a person retires from a life of maybe 50, 60 years of work, whatever it is, they often feel like super discontent with where they're at or, or just what they do on a day-to-day basis. And it's just interesting, that concept. Do you feel like humans are made to work and we need to have something that we're striving for every day? I think progression is heavily linked to my happiness. And so when I'm, when I'm trying to answer this question, it's, it's not always the amount of work, I think. It's progressing towards a goal that I think is what drives us. Because if you're doing a mundane task and you're working, that's not what we're made for. Like, that's the worst. I hate that. And so I don't think we're wired to we're wired to be working. I think we're actually, I think we're like as maybe maybe not everyone like as men at least. I think there's something underlying that's wanting us to provide and constantly level up. And so I think we're wired in a way that we we definitely need to have something that we're driving and pushing towards to to achieve for sure. Mm. It's funny. I um I was on a date last night. And um, oh, a bit of a controversial topic came up, and it was a bit hectic. I was um, I was thinking, yeah, it was it was a bit of a it was a bit of a hectic topic that got brought up, 
and I was talking about my will and like your will not not your willy right no nah, the will the will <laughs> not not the willy at that time of the night um and and and, and um it's a joke guys it's a joke it's a joke it's a joke not really um so so but it was we're talking about my like if i passed away and my kids and my like and my and what i would put in my will and i said to the girl i said i'm not giving my sons anything they're not in my will and I was saying, I don't believe you can create a good man without them having to work for their success. I don't believe you can. I don't believe that you, you can. And she, she came back and she's like, what do you mean? Like, so if, if they had all these, like if they were born and they had Down syndrome and stuff, that's what she said. And I was like, look, I, I appreciate that. And if they had Down syndrome, which by the way, you're talking about the minority of people here. If they did, I would obviously look, I would look after them and make sure that they're good. But if they're an able man and they're able to chase their dreams, they're able to have dreams, they're able to work, they're able to do everything that I've been blessed to be able to do in my life, I'm not putting them in my will. And she came back and, and kind of disagreed with it again. And I, and I asked her this, I go, we're on a date now. Like what characteristics in a man are you attracted to? And she said, oh, I need them to see that they're driven and ambitious and I need to see that they're determined and confident. And I was like, okay. And she started naming all of these things. And I basically just went down the list. I was like, one by one. I was like, I was like okay. So you want, them to be, you want them to have drive and determination. How do they get that? They need to have something to strive towards. Okay, if you give them everything, they have nothing to strive towards. They won't, be a, they won't be a driven and determined person. So that's one of your main characteristics that you're attracted to. If you give the man everything, he's not going to have those traits. And so it's, Love it, that. Yeah, it's like one of those things. You want, them, you, want, you want him to be a confident man. Sick. You give him everything, then he's not going to be able to be gaining the experience in all the different areas of his life that is going to gain him the confidence that he needs to be able to walk around with his head high and be a confident man that's confident in himself within and like has the self-love that he needs. He needs to be able to go through the hard times, make it out the other end and go through that journey to give him the confidence so he can sit back and say, I deserve all of this. If you give him everything, he's not going to be that man. And I, I went through the whole list of all the traits that she just named out that, that, that she's attracted to in a man. And I go, you give a man everything, he won't have any of them. And he won't, be a good, he won't be a good man. And I'm looking at it in the sense that I want my son to be able to bring up his kids in the most amazing way. I want him to attract an amazing wife and I want them to have amazing kids. And it all stems from me not giving him anything. And I believe you can... Like, I believe the woman needs to go through a hard time as well to be an amazing woman, but I don't believe that she has to have, I don't, I believe she can have all the money in the world given to her and she can still be an amazing woman because there's different motives, different drives. There's different things that a woman wants. And a lot of the time money's not a, a, a prerequisite for them to all the traits that a guy is attracted to in a woman. You, a lot of time you don't need the money to, to, like you don't need to earn the money to, to gain those traits. Whereas a man, I think you do. And, and I, basically, I basically converted her into believing that 
And it wasn't like, it was just like facts. I was like, I'm just stripping it down to its core and why earning the money and going through the hard times and being, landing on your face a hundred times. I'm just, I'm just explaining why that, that has merit and why there's benefit to that. Mm. I love that. And this is some, it's interesting because it's a dichotomy that we have. We, like you and I, we both bro- were brought up not very well off at all. And it's interesting because when you then become a father, I know that I want to be able to like provide for my family so much. But I also uh, thought about this recently. I'm like, wow, I'm doing all of these things so that I can provide for my family. But I also don't want to put my family in a position where they can't do all of the things that they need to do for them to then be confident in themselves. Mm. And it's an interesting yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic. Finding that balance. Yeah, exactly. I think you have, I think there's a couple of things that, and it just comes down. It's like, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give them nothing. The kids, like the, the men aren't going to get, like, hey, the, maybe they're going to be in the world to some degree. Like maybe that's a little bit extreme. For the most part though, they need to earn, earn it to be a, to be a really good man and be a really good father to their kids and be a really good husband to their wife. And so it's more of a switching what you're giving them. Mm. Okay, so you give them business opportunities and ideas. You teach them the ropes. You, you, you reflect on all the things that have helped you excel. You reflect on all the things that didn't bring you value. And then you just give them the benefit, the, the good things. And it's not like you're trying to control what their life is. And you're not, it's not like you're trying to be this controlling person. It's, it's more so the fact that your, like, your lessons that you've learned, you're just trying to make them the best person they can possibly be. It's not like you're trying to tell them what their career has to be or tell them the life they want to live. They can do whatever they want. But all you're trying to do is make them the absolute best person that they can possibly, possibly be. Have all those traits that have no negatives to them. There's no negatives to being determined. There's no negatives to having purpose and having drive. There's no negatives to being in good shape. And so I think, I think being able to put them in the best opportunity to thrive in whatever they want to do is what I want my kids to be able to do. And that's what I was explaining to, to, to the girl last night. It's like, it's not like I'm trying to control my kids. I'm trying to give them the, put, give them the best opportunity to live out the life that they want to live, whatever that life is. Not give them the money, give them the habits. Give them the habits and, and make them, yeah, give them the, the know-how that's they're going to hopefully mm. reflect and say, my dad was a massive role model to me. Mm. Like he's, he's helped shape me into a person that I'm really proud of. Mm. And that's what, I, that's what I want out of my, out of my kids. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a big driver for me as well to think, wow, like not my kids. I don't want my kids to think highly of me because I have a lot of money because I will. I want them to think highly of me because of the man that I am and the things that I've done, like, and the, the person I've been. And I think that's, yeah. And how important. you've been able to treat them as well. Exactly. And how do they respect you? Mm. And, and like, are they willing to listen to you and, and stuff? And mm. I'm a big believer in like letting them do what they want and like living the life that they want. But I, I just want to be able to try and make a, as much of a positive impact. I don't want to tell them what to do and I'm never going to tell them what to do. I'm just going to say what worked well for me and what didn't. Mm. And then they can take what they want with that. Just like mm. they'll take anyone else. 
from it, separating the family aspect from it. And obviously there's that love and care, but just treat me like someone that's giving you advice. Not don't, don't treat me like, like treat her like any average show giving advice. And if you like the advice and then, then take it, or you like what I've achieved and you want that too, then take it mm. and run with it or, or take it, take it how you will. Yeah. I think it's a really powerful conversation to be had. It definitely is. And I think, a big lesson in all of this, obviously neither of us have had our own kids yet, mm. but I think a big thing is rewarding your kids in a way so that you're showing them the types of benefits of doing these healthy things. And that that's what really teaches someone. Like for instance, this is this is a great concept that I re- like learned um, a little while ago and a baby learns to speak by all of the positive affirmation that they get from trying to like make these little words from their mouth and they feel from a parent wow like okay they're cheering me on they're making these sounds they're they're encouraging what i'm doing and what they they've then realized and they've gotten these small little feedback and this these pieces of rewards and then they've then worked out how to actually speak just from those little rewards so that ties back in to to how you should teach your kids don't don't punish them give them rewards for the things that they do well mm. and that's how we learn as humans yeah give them give them rewards yeah that's that's really good i think that moves the needle and that's what massive motive motivator that's what i like when you're when like um you're talking about rewards and and how the like the people that succeed have learned how to reward themselves better i i love that exactly yeah, yeah. i think we've covered a lot i think we've had a good one this is um it's been great. How long have we yeah. been speaking for? What? Yeah, it's been about an hour, I'd say, but about an hour. Definitely got some value from it. I Hopefully, you guys did. We, um, yeah, we really wanted to talk about like combining the healthy habits in your life with creating wealth and how important one. Like, they can't be mutually exclusive. I think they both need to go hand in hand. Like, do you need to have one? to have the other like is it like what what like just as, as a closing topic like do you think you need to be healthy to to succeed financially mm. do you think you can become yeah like what are your thoughts on that in short and this might seem controversial for this whole podcast that we've had and it might seem like we're just, i'm just like going the opposite of what we've said the whole time but no i don't think to have wealth you need to have health because you can look at a fat person and there's there's lots of people that are overweight that are still wealthy. But I think it is certainly a contributing factor if you want to become wealthy, if you want to have healthier habits. But I don't think it, it's as black and white as saying like you need to have health to have wealth because there's certainly people that haven't. But it is definitely going to impact you on your journey. And we need to think of wealth in different ways. There's, there's monetary wealth, but then there's also happiness as a part of your wealth too. So if you want to be happier, become healthier. Clear in your mind or all, all the rest of it. I think for me, and this is probably controversial as well, is I can't, I struggle to take an obese person seriously as well. Like as, as hectic as that may sound, like depending on what they've achieved in their life, but I struggle, I, if, if you were to stand two people next to each other, one was healthy, you could see it in their skin, they've got a nice chiseled face, they've ripped, you can look at them and go, they train and they work hard, and then you put them next to someone that's got quite a lot of weight on them, like to the point where like, you, they can't do daily, tip, like basic daily functions without puffing, 
I struggle to take it seriously because I just think it's a, the, the priorities of that person is heavily skewed and off. And so like for me, I can't, I can't take people as seriously. And I don't know if that's me personally. I would like to think it's a lot more than just me. And so I think the impact it has on you getting in the right rooms, getting good opportunities when you are in, in the business arena or in personal life or whatever it is, there's, there's no negatives about being in good shape. And so I just think it's one of those things where it is a no-brainer. And it, yeah, it might not be a priority, but I definitely think you should consider it. And it should be a heavy, a massive consideration in your life. And just strip it back and think like, what effect is me being unhealthy right now doing to me? Like me, my, the people around me, the people I care about, like what effect is this doing? Is it subconsciously making people not look at me the same? Is that going to, like, how are my kids going to look at me? Like asking all these questions is really important because I think being healthy is much more important than a lot of than what a lot of people think. Mm, for sure. Great chat, my friend. Great chat. Guys, let us know down in the comments if you think you need to have health, to have wealth. Um, we're certainly interested to see what you guys think. I, I like to have, have an open mind with it. And this is my opinion. And I think I think it doesn't need to be right or wrong with, with certain people. Like just I'm open to hearing other things. Let me know what your thoughts are. Mm. and yeah if you're watching this on youtube drop us a comment down below if you made it this far thank you so much i really appreciate you all we both do uh, and all the support on the podcast so far it's been amazing and if you have any questions that we want that you want us to discuss or any topics leave a comment down below or shoot us a, a dm on instagram at modern blueprint podcast but other than that do you have anything else to say jan that's it from me lots of love to you all we'll speak very soon see you guys signing out see ya